2: See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely,
3: positively FedEx. Rakuten's Big Give Week is back with 15% cash back. It's a festival of savings at hundreds of stores, including Doc Martens, Ninja Kitchen, and Hotels.com. Prep for summer and save big on beauty, travel, electronics, and more. It's one of Rakuten's biggest cashback events, and it's on May 6th through May 13th. Join today for free and get an extra 10% cashback boost. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app today. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it.
1: This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500.
0: This episode of Travel Today with Peter Greenberg is brought to you by Audible.com a leading provider of spoken audio information and entertainment. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Sign up today at www.audiblepodcast.com slash travel today to get a free audiobook and 30-day trial.
4: It's time for Peter Greenberg Worldwide with America's number one travel news journalist. And now, the man who travels over
3: 400,000 miles each year, your travel detective, Peter Greenberg.
0: Hi everybody, Peter Greenberg here and welcome to the podcast that's done from a different location around the world every single week. One day Canada, the next day Thailand, then New York, London, you just never know. This week we come to you from Huntington Beach, California at the brand new Paseo Hotel and Spa otherwise known as, of course, Surf City, USA. Taking your calls at 888-887-3837. That's 888-88-PETER. And if you can't get through on the phone, you know exactly what to do? You email me to peter at petergreenberg.com with your name, phone number, question or problem. We'll solve it right here on the air. You can also follow me on Twitter. My handle is at Peter S. Greenberg. And on Facebook, facebook.com slash Peter Greenberg. I've been coming down to Huntington Beach since, should I say it, 1971 when I came out here as a correspondent for Newsweek and uh, have never looked back. I don't think Huntington Beach has ever looked back either. <laughs> but uh, boy, has this place changed a lot. And in many ways, it hasn't changed at all, uh, except getting bigger. Uh, settled in, in 1797, founded in the 1880s, incorporated in 1909 after the pier was built. Uh, and uh, you know, as I do every time we take a show on the road, which is every week, by the way, I always like to ask the locals. There's one particular type of local I always want on the show because they know more about the city than anybody else because they've been in everybody's house, they've been in everybody's hotel, they've been in everybody's restaurant, they've been under, over, and through the pier, and that's the firefighters. And uh, I'm joined right now by the chief of the Huntington Beach Fire Department, David Segura. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, Peter. Thank was, was, you. Was that a good intro for you? I... Yes, sir. Okay. <laughs> Thank I, you. But it's true. like you <laughs> know, true. You've been in everything, right? Yeah, you yeah. This brand new hotel, you had you had to certify that on the fire code. Absolutely, right. Very true. And, but you've got a lot of you got a lot of ground to cover out here.
5: Yes, we do. Yes, we also have the uh, uh, Marine Safety Division, our lifeguards, which are part of the fire department as well.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. So you're doing a lot of search and rescue. Correct. Yes. Yeah.
5: Either on land or out at sea as well, and we so, coordinate with other agencies like our Coast Guard.
0: Sure. So your your equipment. I mean, I know my I'm, I'm a fireman in New York as a volunteer. I know what our equipment is. We have specially designed four-wheel drive trucks with weird turning radius, and you know they've got to be able to navigate very narrow passageways. But you have not only the regular city fire trucks. You you probably have a couple of ATVs or quads or right.
5: Yes. Fortunately, again, we work with our marine safety division and yeah. coordinate with them to either transport our firefighters to wherever. Uh, the need is or the patient or to transport the person to the fire companies. Exactly.
0: right what's your biggest challenge here in huntington beach
5: our biggest challenge would be anything out at sea whether it's a, a boat fire or, or a, uh we also have the harbor which uh homes on the harbor are large yachts again access t- tends to be a bit of a challenge we have uh yeah because if, if
0: you have one fire on one boat it's going to spread so fast it's ex- not funny
5: exactly so yeah. we have to get on it quickly And access points usually have access from the land side. The water side's a bit challenging, so usually you have one access point from the front of the structure.
0: Exactly, Mm -hmm. exactly. How is it? You've been fire
5: chief how long? Well, I've been fire chief, counting here today, going on uh, two
0: and a half months. All right, Mr. Child. (laughs) No, but you've been a member of the fire department how long? I've been in the fire service for over 33 years. All right, so they finally recognized you. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) (laughs) You finally showed up. Okay, there it is. Uh, what's changed in 33 years other than the fire codes themselves oh sure fire, fire codes building codes
5: our equipment our and more importantly our safety equipment for our firefighters uh, that swift we, water swift water oh the challenges from the fire service we've taken on in addition to just firefighting explain swift water to to my audience so swift water rescues what we when you, you don't usually think of a swift water rescue or or dangerous river running through a large metropolitan city you do in Los them. Angeles absolutely yeah. we do yes we yeah. do that's it eventually they end up in the ocean and so these rivers run through these cities but
0: for you to do a swift water you're not jumping in the water you're rappelling in right
5: at times we rappel in we coordinate with uh either other agencies that have helicopters or with our own police department and uh, there's uh, there are situations where our firefighters will go in the water they're tethered and have their own uh safety equipment they're hooked they're and hooked, they're hooked. Yeah, yes yeah. exactly they're hooked Together with the other by other firefighters and coordinating, but that's the
0: last resort. You don't ever want to do that. Exactly. I know, right? Exactly. Now, of course, the most important question that I have to ask is where you guys go to eat, <laughs> because no, seriously. And what I want you to tell me, Chief, is where do you go for breakfast that nobody knows? That's not in the brochures. It's not in the guidebooks. But they got the best breakfast in town.
5: Well, that's a, that's a very interesting question. I, I can answer that as a resident, as a firefighter. We typically don't go out to eat. Our firefighters, are excellent know. cooks. Okay, then answer that as a resident. <laughs> okay, so a few places uh, I can think of. Uh, there's a the Monkey uh, Cafe, uh, a coffee shop uh, on Beach Boulevard. It's a it's a nice local hangout, but I believe it's it's also becoming very popular.
0: Right, uh, well, they found out You were there, <laughs> of course. And for lunch,
5: and for lunch, let's let me think about that one. Uh, there's several places for lunch. Uh, lately, I've been, uh, we we go to Pacific City, which is nearby here. Very and, close uh, to here. Very close to here. It's fairly new, but some excellent restaurants. Uh, the old Curl uh, uh, Smokehouse provides a great lunch there and dinner. <laughs> cool. And let's go right to dinner. Give me the real dive bar you guys like hanging out at. I'm not sure if I hang out at a dive bar. One of my favorite restaurants, actually, it's a very low-key restaurant, but they have excellent fresh seafood Called. and that's the uh, fish camp uh, in sunset beach right on cool. beach right on pacific coast highway cool yes right. and you always have your radio with you just in case absolutely you never go anywhere without that radio. always on call always on especially call. especially if you're i live in town and anytime i'm in town i'm on call
0: well you know the, the rule it's it's like i have certain rules about travel like if you check two bags in at the same time when you land at your destination, the first bag comes out first and the second bag comes out never. Okay, that's just the way it is, right? So anytime you have a special meal planned, that's when the alarm goes off. It's, it's clockwork. Right? Very true, very so, true. So you end up going, not tonight, because I really want to stay. Because the minute you say we're going out to dinner, boom, alarm. That
5: happens, yes. It's happened several times. Exactly. It
0: happens consistently, I should say. What about beach awareness? Because and ocean awareness for the people who visit Huntington Beach. Because my bottom line for that is we have the same issue back in New York. I'm on an island as well. Mm-hmm. You know, people there's alcohol involved at 11 o'clock at night. People want to go swimming. Then you have a problem. Oh yes, and then we have problems. We
5: we typically shut down our beaches in the evening at night. But, but people still get out uh, there. Yes, they do. Right, and uh, the alcohol tends to complicate problems. Uh, the issue for us. Yes,
0: right. And then then you're calling the marine unit. Yes, then yes. they're out there
5: and then our lifeguards will go out and in addition with the firefighters and coordinate yeah. and rescue last
0: summer I have to tell you we got calls five nights in a row at two in the morning somebody in the water on a riptide not fun not at all because they were also drunk
6: Toto, I'm feeling we're not in Kansas anymore
0: My next guest, last time we were doing the show in Huntington Beach, was nice enough to join us. He's a legend. For those of you who remember, and believe me, I do, Jan and Dean, well, he's Dean, Dean Torrance from the legendary group Jan and Dean. Nice to see you again, sir.
7: Hey, You're welcome back to Surf City anytime. I know.
0: Anytime. So, you know, I have to ask you, because you've lived here how long now?
7: 25 years. Okay. But I, this used to be my summer place, if you will, <laughs> when I was a teenager, I, when my mom would let me, because yeah. we, we rented a house in Balboa Island just down the street, but I wanted to sneak up to Huntington all the time, because the surf was better up here. And you knew that. And I knew that, but my mom also knew there was a bunch of rowdies here, so she didn't particularly like me to go, so I usually had to You snuck. Fib to you a snuck. Bit, just a little yeah. bit.
0: How often were you grounded?
7: I, I never got caught because <laughs> I, I was pretty sneaky. <laughs>
0: but the point is, you came up here because it wasn't just the, the surf, it was the culture.
7: Uh, yeah. Balbo um, well, uh, Island is yeah. really more for probably sailing, paddleboarding, that kind of thing. Yeah. So no real waves down there except for the wedge. But this was the social beach up here with all the girls. See,
0: you buried the lead. You came yep. up here for the girls. Absolutely,
7: uh, two girls for every boy. Somebody once said that. Somebody who would that? Who would that be? I I'll have to look it up.
0: Come on, you know who said that? <laughs> Probably Brian Wilson. I, I, I would have been Brian Wilson and the Beach Boys, but you you grew up with those guys too. It was the same era. Uh,
7: yeah, um, they were a little bit younger, but um, they, they were fully involved in the beach culture, obviously, and car culture. Car yeah. culture and beach culture kind of worked together.
0: And how did car culture hit you?
7: Well, we all had cars. What so. cu- yeah, but what kind of cars? Well, well, Woody's, of course. Well, my first car was a pickup truck, but a 32 Ford pickup, so I could put the boards in the back. Of course, you have to do that. That was before boards were really all that popular, so the board usually stayed in the back of the truck. Then later, when they got started to be missing from your car, then you had to get a car where... <laughs> You could lock them up. <laughs> <sighs> Things change, you know, Peter. Yes, they do. <laughs> they do. Sometimes for the better, and sometimes not.
0: But did you ever have a real Woody?
7: No, I, I no. I liked my pickup truck because I could put other stuff in there too, yeah. as well. Paddleboards. Paddleboards are big. Yeah,
0: so. well, I had one. I, I had you did? oh, sure. I had the I had the the twelve footer, the, the big mahogany one that weighed one hundred and forty oh, pounds. Loved those. But we surfed on those too. Sure, you did. Oh yeah, no skeg. You went where they took you.
7: Yeah,
0: <laughs> I mean you couldn't cut,
7: <laughs> but you, it didn't make any difference because no. you know it wasn't all that crowded in those days. So no, nowadays you couldn't get away with that. Are you still surfing? I passed that off to my daughter. My daughter actually, oh, you love this. She took surfing in school. And she got to,
0: credit for it? I'm proud of oh, it. hold it. Stop. Yep. It's a credit course? Credit.
7: I actually have a report card that has... Uh, My report card A's. in
0: surfing would have said, does not work up to his potential. If you showed up, you got an A. Because
7: <laughs> it was, and I'm looking right at it. It's right off the pier here, which we can see. And they would meet, this is zero period. Yeah. Because it was like six o'clock in the morning. Well basically if you show up at six 30. o'clock morning you get credit just that's, for showing up. That's the point. Yeah. You know, if you if you did that, you you got credit for it. <laughs> but an A and I love to show my you know, my buddies to say, look right there. Got her I, I have a report card and it says A in surfing. Wow. And she got a scholarship check from wait wait, 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 uh, stop. Wait.
0: She not only got an A in surfing, but she got a scholarship in surfing.
7: To any college that she wanted to go to, they gave her Thousand dollars. Oh, thousand oh, dollars. Okay,
0: <laughs> well, you know, thousand dollars. Allowed her to it, buy a boogie board. What are you talking about?
7: It, it, well, it was um Quicksilver, and they were of course. They, they were kind of having a little bit of financial well, problems. You so know, you you mentioned the pier problems. here. I
0: mean, this is an iconic pier. Oh yeah, it is. It, it's where you spent all your time growing up. When you think about it.
7: Yeah, uh, and this this pier was closed for like ten or fifteen years. It got damaged in a in a big big bad storm. storm. So in the 90s, we started raising money for the uh, pier to re- be rebuilt. And since it's come back up, it's just – it draws. Uh, a pier really draws people. It's oh, a, yeah. it's an economic engine.
0: And your music still endures. I mean, when you think about it, a little, a little old lady from Pasadena, right?
7: It still gets played from time. But I don't, I don't, well, my the, the royalty checks don't reflect that. But
0: <laughs> Dead band's Curve
7: advanced curve. Very yeah. good. You you know all these.
0: I, of course I've done all these. Of course. But when we come back, I want to talk to Dean Torrance a little bit more about what really has changed here for the better and maybe some things you have a problem with. But I want to know, because you know, you're not getting grounded anymore. You can come up here anytime you want.
7: That's what I hear. <laughs> if you are
3: continuing on to another Southwest
2: destination, please make sure that you check... The monitors inside the terminal for your proper gate and flight information. If you are continuing on with
0: another airline, we really don't care. I am a passenger. How did the name Surf City come about?
7: As I remember, uh first time I saw it in print was Surfer Magazine, maybe in the mid-60s, when some of the surf contests were, were, of course, all the big ones were down here. Right. And it just happened to mention, and and they guess coined the, the Surf City thing because it became you know, trademarked yeah. right? Well, it took a little bit of money, and a little bit of time, but some thirty years later, we uh, we copyrighted it. So it's pretty neat to, you know, see the word Surf City just all over the place. There is actually a Surf City Church.
0: Do you get an A there too? <laughs>
7: Well, I drive by it, and I did take a picture of the signage, so I should get some credit for that. Did you ever walk in it? No. 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 I I just couldn't find parking. (laughs) (laughs) You're such a liar. Okay. Okay, you're a liar. I meant to. uh, Someday I will. Actually, we have Blessing of the Waves down here, and PT, who's here, uh, has been involved with that, where there is a uh, kind of a gathering of all sorts of religious leaders Within the community, and they—it's a blessing of the waves—and they actually paddle out, and and it's quite a nice event. Actually,
0: they're all there to pray for an A in surfing.
7: You, you, well, you could find something better to pray about because if you show up, you get the A. Just so, for showing, yeah, up, of course, I mean, of course. So why even work at it? <laughs>
0: What's changed? Um, other than the numbers, more people, of course. Numbers,
7: yeah. That—that's basically it, and this absolutely beautiful hotel and this hotel does pay homage to the surf community and to the beach culture finally so that's kind of what i have been looking forward to when it was totally embraced and that big business would actually connect to uh, you know the trademarking and, and the branding of sure. surf
0: city now you're together with jan for how many years before his death i guess what in 2004
7: right so God, it was over 50 years i guess Wow. and we we did go surfing when we were in high school, you know, high school kids hanging out together, so we've always been in, involved in in the at least the beach culture that included volleyball included all those other things that go along with the beach culture so you played volleyball, yeah, we were good volleyball players really? we hung out with all the you know all the studs because we that, weren't quite those no, but that you,
0: level, you were but. there because the girls were there. Absolutely. I, I got Two it.
7: girls for every boy. I told you that. <laughs> and probably with inflation, now it's up to three to four, if, if we're lucky enough. <laughs> What's changed that you don't like? I actually can't think of anything I don't particularly like. I don't mind development. Uh, I was in architecture at USC, so I'm, I'm very familiar with architecture. So I I appreciate you know, houses and buildings, and the more people that enjoy this, the better. I mean, I don't mind sharing it with people. I think it's pretty neat. Speaking of sharing the music with people, there's the Surf City All-Stars. Well, yes, there is. Figured I had it trademarked. I may as well use it. <laughs> <laughs> Who's in the group? Um, it's the Jan and Dean band, minus Jan, pretty much. But it's been the same band that I've had since the early 80s. So it's just basically a Jane and Dean band. And
0: you guys are still playing? Yeah. And didn't you just play recently with the Beach Boys?
7: Yes, I did at the Hyatt. And it was a private party. Uh, it was Culligan Water. You ever heard
0: of Culligan? <laughs> Culligan, man. Yeah. Culligan yeah, man. yeah, of course you have. Of course, of
7: course. 75 years they've been in business. So they had their big 75th annual. Well, they, I guess they do have a convention every year. Yeah. So they had to have it in Surf City. So they had to have the real deal in term, terms of music
0: and you guys played
7: we played at the grand ballroom and you can open up uh they, they have they can close it off if they need to but we had them open up all the windows so that they could actually see you know the ocean and see the pier and all that stuff as the music was going did so brian, so did brian show up no, I don't think he was invited. Uh, this is Mike Love's <laughs> version of, of the band. But uh, I, I probably would have invited him, but he okay. he was off in Europe ah. at the time. Anyway, He just
0: couldn't be there.
7: Yeah, I'm sure he would have. But Mike Love
0: live. was there, and you were there, and you played. Yes.
2: Riding along in my automobile My baby beside me at the wheel.
8: Bruising and playing the radio With
3: no particular place to go
0: All right, I, I have to say, I, I thought I had a good gig. <laughs> I thought I had a pretty good job. And now, I, I didn't even know this, this title exists. But it does. First of all, our next guest, Leland Connolly. What's your exact title? I can't wait to hear this.
2: I cover the beaches and surf for the Orange County Register newspaper. Oh, hurt me! It's a hard job. Somebody has to do it.
0: And you're also a surfer. I am. So you, I mean, so you're bringing local experience here.
2: I do. I when I go out to paddle out, I tell my editor that I'm researching. How long have you done this job? Uh, I've been a reporter for about twelve years, and they still
0: buy that story.
2: They still buy it. Can you believe that? Unbelievable! They, I know, don't tell them. Don't tell I, them. Wow!
0: <laughs> Research. She's paddling out. That's all she's doing. I
2: have to. I have to network and meet people.
0: All right. So if you're covering the beaches, I mean, you also have to do a, a lot of responsible reporting when it comes to the condition, environment. It's not just how big the break is.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. There's a lot of environmental issues, beach cleanups, sharks.
0: Really? Yeah. See, you know, we've had a lot of shark stuff on the East Coast, uh-huh. but but we haven't seen a lot lately, at least I haven't seen the reporting, because you see the sharks like gathering in huge numbers along mm-hmm. the, the, the southeastern shores of America. Yeah. Have, have they sh- showed up here too?
2: Well, here's the thing. I'm going to just make my disclosure. The sharks have always lived in the ocean. I don't want to no. get a bunch of calls. Okay. But um, yeah, for the last three years, the El Nino conditions that have brought the warm water here have also brought some nice sharks that have been hanging out very, very close to shore.
0: Have you seen a few?
2: Uh, personally, no, thankfully, actually. So, yeah, I'm, I'm good for now, hopefully. Um, but. Otherwise,
0: we'd be doing a lot more researching, I mean, a lot more paddling very quickly. Yeah,
2: I know. I gotta say, I'm a little freaked out. Just a little bit. I'm a little nervous. Really? Yeah, well, a lady got bit not too long ago, a couple days ago. Now, hold
0: on a second. When you say a lady got bit. A
2: lady got bit. Was
0: it a nip or was it like a chunk?
2: Uh, she's, she's lucky to be alive. Very, very lucky to be alive. How close into shore? Uh, she was about, I want to say 500... Yards. Not. She was a swimmer, uh, ocean swimmer. So yeah. she was a little bit further out by the buoys. But you know, not an uncommon swim for a lot of people out here.
0: Wow. Yeah. And they rescued her.
2: They. She was so lucky. There happened to have been a lifeguard boat right next to her, and they saw. They saw the water get a little strange around her. She put her hand up, and then they got her. Wow. Yeah. A lot of blood. And the shark. And the shark is still out there hopefully not hungry for human blood
0: unbelievable (laughs) but you still go back in the water
2: you know i haven't been since it was only a week ago and i just (laughs) keep making up all these excuses like oh it's not really good enough to paddle out today but yes i will be out Again. but that story you reported I did yeah I um uh, well we've been watching them pretty closely And was for it the a great white years. was it a great they white? they suspect I mean it's hard to say nobody actually saw the fish but the experts around here believe it was a great white
0: all right now it's not just the surfing culture it's the beach culture sure, isn't are
2: absolutely right
0: so I mean it's sort of like 24 7
2: yeah I, when I yeah I have to go away from the beach to go on vacation
0: oh you, know, I, I know. Don't you I'm so feel sorry for you. <laughs> Okay, okay, I have to ask the question. Where do you go on vacation?
2: Uh, I go to the Des Moines. Beach. Well, let's be honest, I go to the beach, yeah. I <laughs> <laughs> still go to the beach.
0: <laughs> but which beach?
2: Oh, I just got back from Hawaii. I'm going up to Leo Criota camp this weekend. Nice little surf spot up there. That'll be fun. How long have you been surfing? Oh, I started a little bit later in my life. I started um, probably about 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Oh.
0: Cool. It's good. It's I like fun. it. Okay. Yeah.
2: My husband surfs. We're trying to get our little three year old on board.
0: Did, is that how you met your husband?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah oh my actually, God. yeah, and it's great because we we just have fun.
0: Is the three year old on the board yet?
2: We put we put him on a couple of times. He'll put him around his neck like a little monkey.
0: Did you see that video that's been so viral of the guy <laughs> surfing with the two dogs? I haven't seen see that. And the one dog jumps over the other dog on the board, and then the <gasps> other dog jumps on him. And, wow! Oh, it's and they stay all the way to the actual beach, and they run off the board.
2: I'll have to look that up. We do have a dog surfing contest that happens here in Huntington, and I've seen a goat surfing.
0: I'm how much? Not... Were, how much were you drinking that? <laughs>
2: i kid you not pismo the goat he's famous look it up
0: pismo the goat yep is he still alive
2: yeah he's ripping. is he still he surfs better than i do
0: he still surfs uh-huh <laughs> Pismo the goat <laughs> that's better than pismo the clam true
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you, okay you got your three-year-old on
2: yeah yeah he's well he he goes on my husband's neck so my husband got okay. out with him on the on his neck or you know he's done the on the board but it's a little nerve-wracking for being so little you're nervous I'm nervous it's me it's me that's nervous yeah
0: what's the one thing that's really changed on the beach since you've been here here yeah you know other than this hotel of course
2: well there's a lot of developments happening um there's more people and i actually pulled some stats for you how do you like that reporter okay go ahead um the the lifeguards they take a you know a tally on the beach population every summer and every year and here in huntington i just pulled um let's see we had in 1996 about 9 million visitors here in Huntington um and in 1906 there was 10 million about 10 million we'll say yeah yeah and 2015 was uh 12 million so there's wow. been 2 2 million more people visiting the beach in the last decade and they're each all year, out there
0: watching pismo the goat <laughs>
2: That was a, that was a different beach but yeah, yeah. <laughs> Of the, wagon. the wagon
9: is too slow. Can't you ride? It's not that he can't
1: ride. How is it you put it home?
8: They're dangerous at both ends and crafty in the middle. How do I want anything with a mind of its own bobbing about between my legs?
0: Audible.com has more than 150,000 titles and virtually every genre. So check it out for yourself. Sign up today at www.audiblepodcast.com slash travel today to get a free audiobook and 30-day trial. As I do every week at this time, I encourage you to go to our website with the imaginative name petergreenberg.com for our comprehensive list of all the aid and relief organizations doing all that hard and essential work all around the world. Opportunities for you to immerse yourself and give back every time you travel. And whether you're the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker, it doesn't matter. What you get back from, what you give back is exponential in return. And uh, I speak from personal experience on that. And, of course, we always like to localize the volunteerism opportunities. and Huntington Beach is no exception. The Surfrider Foundation, they're dedicated to the enjoyment and protection of the oceans and beaches. And they work right here on the beach at Huntington Beach. You get to, you get to volunteer in, in beach cleanup and awareness things, in group activities. The cool thing is you're out on the beach. How could that be bad? And you're with the locals who live here, so you know what that means. Who's going to give you a tour when it's over? They are. You want want more information on the Surfrider Organization and their beach cleanups? Just come right to our website, petergreenberg.com. And then let us know when you come out and clean up the beach because it's an experience, I'm telling you. It's a lot of fun, and you're doing good work. Speaking of doing good work, how about that for a segue for our next guest? He's the author of Huntington Beach, California. What a great name for a book.
9: <laughs> what are the odds of that, huh? I know,
0: and a historian. Nice to see him again, because the last time we were down here, we got a chance to speak. Chris Epting, how are you, sir?
9: Good to see you, Peter. I'm great, how are you?
0: I mean, Huntington Beach's history, when you think about it, it's still evolving, of course. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um,
9: but it's generational, and yet it's not, because the the culture continues, right? Huntington Beach is a very dramatic place in a sense. It's you know a little more than 100 years old, but it was a sleepy little beach town till 1920 and then oil is hit, right? And it would become a boom town all of a sudden, right? And that goes on for decades. And you had
0: you had the big uh, grasshopper wells.
9: Hundreds of yeah. forests of these things. You could smell it and hear it wherever you were. And then, you know, the pier, of course, as you've been hearing about here, is sort of an extension of Main Street. That becomes a focal point. The city is constantly evolving. It's constantly churning. And I think in in mostly good ways. You know, it still maintains a lot of its old-time charm. But judging, you can tell from where we're sitting here today, it's also built up a little bit. It's modernized. We've got some beautiful places like the— But in all the
0: columns that you've done, uh, appropriately called the Pipeline—
9: Right? I mean, because in the it's, pipeline, it's yeah, it's got to
0: be in the surfer mentality, in the of surfer course.
9: lexicon, even though I don't surf. But yeah, you've still got to. Oh, the only guy I've interviewed <laughs> today who doesn't surf. What's the matter with you? I don't know. I, t- I play tennis, that's sort of my sports outlet <laughs> in baseball. So, you know, but I appreciate surfing. I appreciate you've what been in the water. City. Oh, I love swimming. Yeah, okay, I love good. the water, but you never surfed. Never surfed. Grew up in New York, didn't have a chance, got to the island like you did.
0: There's still time.
9: I know. I, you know, I make it out there. You know, I make it out there. I mean, it's sort of like the guy at the
0: donut factory doesn't eat the donuts you know
9: i like donuts though so i hope i get get points for that
0: i'm giving no you get no points for, for donuts but when people come here are they aware of the history not really
9: not really. I think um, one good thing, I think, in the last few years, I mean, I've written a number of books, probably five or six books, just about Huntington Beach in Orange County. Yeah. And you uncover so many great stories and so many great characters. Well, you
0: did a book, what, Rock and Roll in Orange County, right? Yeah, which
9: had a lot of Huntington Beach. I know the old Golden Bear, which you visited yeah. back back in the day. Oh, my here. God,
0: sure. When people performed, they performed. That's where they did it, It was right? the
9: Golden Bear. That yeah. was the club that was sort of the spot between San they Diego They did the Hollywood Bowl.
0: They did the... Um... Oh, the one up on Los Feliz. Um,
9: The Greek. The Greek, and they did the Golden Bear. Yeah, the Golden Bear was a big spot. Yeah, and so the Rock and Roll in Orange County book was great. I learned something about rock and roll history and Huntington Beach that blew my mind, if you want to hear it very quickly. Go ahead, yeah. Elvis Presley moves out here to California in the early 70s from Graceland. To do movies. Right, and he brings his horses with him from Graceland. He loves horses, <laughs> Priscilla loves horses. Well, they board the horses here in Huntington Beach at our equestrian center. So little Lisa Marie learns to ride horses in Huntington Beach. Elvis likes Huntington Beach so much, he went when it comes time to learn karate, he hires a local guy named Mike Stone, who's sort of the pop culture renegade, yes, if you remember. he's also a surfer. He surfed, but he was friends with the Presley. So Elvis comes to Huntington to learn karate. It's, it goes so great, he tells Priscilla, you should come learn karate too from this guy, which she does. Well, Elvis goes on the road and what happens priscilla learns a lot more than karate from mike stone and files oh, for divorce really oh from elvis so it's so always the trainer the it's Elv- always the trainer but the elvis priscilla divorce is predicated right here in surf city so that was a a great bit of rock and roll history that talk I talk about here. legacy yes all right and where's mike stone Mike Stone lives, I think he's on some little Polynesian island today. I tried to interview him for the story, <laughs> but he just sort of dropped off. You, you, you'll find him quicker than I will with your, with your travels. Yes, with the worldwide <laughs> network of information
0: that we follow. That's right. Excuse me, you, you know a trainer here who's running <laughs> from the law? That's right. So
9: but that's an interesting story. I love that. But did Elvis ever perform at the Golden Bear? He didn't. He didn't. The closest he performed to here was at the Anaheim Convention Center in 1973 and 1976. Yeah. And, of course, Jan and Dean... Jan and Dean uh, were, are still, you know, icons here. I know you spoke to Dean earlier. I did. Um, But yeah, the Golden Bear was uh, from from Janice Joplin to Linda Ronstadt, that was kind of a hub. I mean, I talked to Jackson Brown once, another Orange County product, went to high school in Fullerton. He told me that uh, he was in the Golden Bear once and a buddy of his dishwasher there says to him, you know, you should go up to LA, there's an audition for a TV show you'd be perfect for. The the dishwasher's name was Peter Torque. He said, you know, that's a great idea. He goes up and auditions for the monkeys. And so the former Golden Bear dishwasher becomes one of the monkeys. We just
0: did, as a matter of fact, on CBS News, uh, the 50th anniversary of the Monkees with Mickey Dolenz yeah. and Peter Tork and Mike Michael. Nesmith. Mike they Nesmith, they are back. Yes. And little known fact about Michael Nesmith, his mother invented what? Uh, White out. Right. Liqu- no, liquid paper. Co- liquid paper. Liquid paper.
9: Yeah. And of course, Davy Jones passed away. Yeah, yeah. sadly. But but yeah, so, so Huntington Beach, there. Uh, there's a lot of cultural history rooted here, if you know where to look for it. You know, you hear about so many crazy things. We, in a couple of weeks, we're unveiling a marker not too far from where we're sitting right now, where a P-38 in 1944, I believe, crashed on the beach. And there were a ton of victims. And no one ever really knew this story, but the, the victims' families approached me about having a marker placed there. We're going to unveil that in a couple of weeks. So there's a lot of World War II history here. You had secret bunkers up where the, uh, there was a lookout command center here by the Balsa Chica Wetlands. It's a, it's a very uh, interesting historic place in terms of Southern California. But the pier never changed, really. Well, the pier, you know, the pier, like I said, to me, it's an, to me, the city starts at the end of the pier. That's Main Street. If you run Main Street out to the pier, that's where it continues out into the ocean. And the pier was first built in 1904. It was wooden. This is our fourth pier that we have now. In the late 80s, it was a devastating storm. You know, knocked it down. But it's been it's built to last. Right now, but that pier has been a focal point and a meeting center since uh, the turn of the century, the last century, and um, it's it's really important. And that's where, to me, if you want to really give people a sense of how this city begins, take them to the end of the pier and walk into Main Street. That way, it's the best perspective. It's the great, really great advantage to see it from. And you've lived out here, and how long have you been here now? Been here since 19. 19- 99 okay from from the east well i was in california before that came out in the late 80s from yeah. uh, from new york right but, but huntington we raised our kids here you know they were little when we moved down so Do they surf. they don't <laughs> <laughs> the epting family has stubbornly resisted man the last holdout the family
0: <laughs> my god when, when people visit you because you know what I, I learned this myself when i moved out to california the minute you get here you got house guests everybody wants to come and visit oh, you, yeah. especially
9: in february oh absolutely okay. So when they come out to visit, what's the biggest surprise to them about Huntington Beach? I think the biggest surprise is the fact that it's not just about the beach. I mean, their jaws drop when they realize you've got literally 10 miles of uninterrupted coastline. That doesn't happen in Southern California. No hotels, no nothing built on the beach. But I think the thing that really gets people that I've had experience with. Have you walked all 10 miles? Oh, absolutely, With, with my dog, on bikes and everything. But but to me it's the fire pits. We've got about 500 fire pits lining the beaches in Huntington. And I think people forget what it's like to build a bonfire at night on the beach. There's something primal and tribal about that experience, about, you know, firing up, you know, wood on the beach and, you know, making s'mores and cooking hot dogs and all that. That, to me, is, is really one of the finest sort of simple pleasures at Huntington Beach. How many fire pits? We've got between five and six hundred. So it's, a, it's a part of the local economy. When you think about the amount of firewood that's purchased locally, the amount of marshmallows. I mean, it adds up. Let's not forget the graham crackers. The, the graham, graham, crackers. graham crackers. Come on. And uh, so, so they're a big part of our culture. And, you know, it's something that uh, even the most jaded person, when you put them in front of a fire pit, and and the sun goes down, and they've been swimming in the ocean all day. Again, there's something about that campfire that I think is like the great equalizer. It brings people together, and you can go. When you walk amongst all the fire pits, it's like little societies of people. There's no, every border comes down. There's no race, there's no religion. People are just having a good time and enjoying their company um, around a fire, the way we sort of started out as a species, you know what I mean? So basically what you're telling me is that you do that, and you watch other people surf. (laughs) Yes, it's a great place to watch people surf a great way. But, uh, but again, the fire pits are good. I also think people are kind of blown away by our parks, our central park, you, in, in certain parts, it's like being in Hyde Park in London. You don't realize the beach is less than a mile away. And here you are in this beautiful bucolic park. So we've got a lot of surprises here. We've got beautiful wetlands to kind of walk. Hello, uh,
1: this is your captain speaking.
8: There is absolutely no cause for a motor looking for
1: adventure, and whatever comes our
0: way. You know, you can't be in Surf City without a Surf City museum. And my next guest is the executive director of the Huntington Beach International Surfing Museum, Diana Deem. And you know what, Diana? I have to tell you, um, and I I promised you I was going to give you a little, little secret on the air. I was here many, many years ago when my uncle was inducted into the Museum. No kidding. Yes, my uncle was Dave Rockland.
4: No kidding. Jam's World. That is a surprise.
0: Yes. And that's how I learned how to surf because he was an original California beach boy right down here in Redondo and Manhattan and Huntington. And then in the early 50s, he sailed on his own over to Hawaii. Mm -hmm. When he landed, that's how my relatives are all Hawaiian, he married my aunt Kainui and my cousins Pua and Nohea. And they surfed like you can't believe. I learned how to surf first on Sandy Beach, and then I made the mistake of going to the North Shore and learned my lesson never to do that again. Never do that again, again. exactly. Exactly. Um, The gods were kind to me. They threw me up on the beach and said, don't come back. You're done. I'm done. I'll watch (laughs) from the shore. Uh, But believe it or not, speaking of museums, in my house in New York, I have two of the original mahogany longboards that weighed 140 pounds each.
4: You're kidding.
0: Nope and and uh i learned how to surf on those no skeg you know you just went where the waves went, and if you got hit by it you were in the hospital <laughs> and and i have them now they're art pieces they're up on the wall because they're beautiful. oh my god they gorgeous? There they're just... a couple in the bishop museum in hawaii and i got the other two with me yeah
4: peter that's amazing that's
0: yeah, great and that so means I've, you have to
4: come to the museum you know
0: I'll, i've been to the museum i love it
4: you have to come back in I, I and I gotta we got go to get you in the water too
0: oh yeah we well, won't
4: make you. we won't make you on a wooden board though
0: <laughs> <laughs> no that would be a little embarrassing I think <laughs>
4: for all of us
0: tell me what's really interesting about that museum because i mean people never really took surfing seriously and then they did they right did. as a sport
4: they did well back in the 1900s it was this that's why we are surf city usa people got very excited about getting the water here it's the whole culture of the of the the city itself and we're able to tell the stories of the legends in the museum and that's just the most important thing about the whole so city. So there's Mickey. Oh, my gosh. You, you can go way I back.
0: Oh, of course. Yeah. Well, my uncle st- started with, with uh, oh, my God. Uh, who am I thinking? Uh, not Hobie. Um, Duke? Do, of course, Duke in Hawaii, yeah, yeah. of course,
4: and Eddie, and yeah. the the whole gang. Well, Mickey,
0: Mickey, Mickey, Mickey yeah. Minos, yeah, you got it. Yeah. I mean,
4: it's really interesting to go to the museum today because you'll see the whole Eddie Akao, um exhibit right now. It's it's incredible. We we replicated his the Eddie gun. You could you have to come see it, and we've got a lot of the wooden boards there too. So if you do want to grab one of those and go out, we'll we'll support you in that one.
0: <laughs> well, the wooden boards these days are used to rescue, right? Right, they're right. not used to serve. Not
4: like and they weigh a lot. Oh, they they're weigh heavy. Is you know. Yeah, we we just put up a big board from a uh, big wooden board from Newport, and it was really interesting. It, this was back in the day when they had to license it was it was dated 1962. You have to license a surfboard because these were these they were basic small little boats made out of wood.
0: Well, believe it or not, my board. This is how big my board is. It had a drain plug. <laughs>
4: oh, jeez, that's a big board because it was mahogany. What is it? And is, it, is t- it like a twelve?
0: oh 12 and a half oh yeah yeah. there you go it's it's a big board yeah yeah.
4: i'm I'm and i used
0: to go surfing with it in a little 13-foot boston whaler the board was as big as the boat
4: (laughs) exactly exactly (laughs) isn't that funny to think back on those times
0: exactly so who's coming to the museum these days
4: well you know it's interesting you never know who's going to come wandering in like the legends there's so many surfing legends that live in huntington beach still to this day like chuck Lennon and uh, I mean, I could go on and on with all these different people. Dewey
0: Weber. Well, Dewey, Dewey Weber, Weber I, think, he, I think he passed away, he but did. but I I know his son. Yep. Yeah.
4: Yep. Yeah. You never know who's going to come wandering in, and everybody's with the whole surf culture, as you know, they're very low key. It's not like they have got to come in with you know banging drums or anything like that. It's they come in and they're cool. And Although
0: you know it was always low key, but now it's low key and much bigger money.
4: Exactly. Right? Exactly. Well, if you're yeah. talking about Kelly Slater and where he's headed with the future of surfing Well, what I
0: can't understand about Kelly Slater and somebody else explains to me is it's okay You want to get towed out by a jet ski out to the monster
4: waves. <laughs> Are you taking your two-year-old with you? He does mm-hmm. Oh my god, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. He's doing some amazing things yeah. and and it's funny because you hear about a lot about these surfers I mean, it sounds like you grew up as a kid in the water surfing On, you the, know, East I did co- too. on the East Coast. Yeah. I did too. Yeah. I did too. Where were you? Fire Island in New York. Oh, I was Hampton, New Hampshire. Yeah. Our <laughs> biggest movie,
0: I can tell you the, the year, was 1964, Bruce Brown, Endless Summer. Right? I that knew you it. were going to say that. You knew I had to say I that. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> we have
4: that played in the museum all the time next to the Big Board. Oh, it's on
0: a loop by now, I'm sure.
4: It's <laughs> on a loop. It's yeah. on a loop. We have that, we have Duke, and then we also have the newest release of the Big Board documentary.
0: But Okay, here's my stupid question. Has there been a an iconic surfing movie of this of, of the nature of Endless Summer since 1964?
4: Truly? you know I'd have to go back to the drawing board and ask because that's an iconic I mean that was the that was the one of the biggest movies you know um riding giants is another biggie I don't know if you've seen that it's um there's there's so many out there that are incredible you watch them and you think about the history of surfing and how that connects to today we I mean for listeners it would be really interesting to do a today surfing very
0: quickly before we run out of time what's the biggest surprise in that museum
4: I would there's two it's what? the Eddie Gun or it's the Silver Surfer. What's the Silver Surfer? You don't know about the Silver Surfer? No. The movie, tell me. the Silver Surfer. No. They donated the Silver Surfer to the museum, and you can come in there any time and check it out.
2: We have clearance, Clarence.
9: Roger, Roger. What's our vector, Victor?
1: Tower radio clearance over. That's Clarence over. Over. Roger. Huh?
0: You know there are certain symbols here. One of it's being the pier. Um, and my next guest knows that because she's been a member of the City Council, still is a member of the City Council, Barbara Douglas. But Barbara, let's go beyond the pier because what people don't really know about Huntington
6: Beach is how many parks you have. 74. How many? 74. And the big, big, big one, Central Park, about 356 acres in the middle of the community.
0: Really? Really. How did that maintain itself and how did you preserve that considering how much development there is in California?
6: Well, I must say the... The wisdom of smarter people than myself at the moment they're um, the dedicated people of the city of Huntington Beach who really saw had a vision in the early 70s and set aside the park. um, And developed a library and in the library and then slowly things just evolved and we have now equestrian center. Sports Complex, and then the big Rudita right now is our um, Senior Center is gonna open about three weeks from now. The Senior
0: Surfing Center.
6: Well, the Senior Center, and there's a (laughs) lot of surfers that do go to the Senior Center. There you go. how do you say that 10 times fast?
0: How many surfers could a senior surf, if a senior could surf, I don't know. Yeah, we really
6: do have a Surf City Senior Contest, though, there really is one.
0: There really is? Yeah, there really is. Wow. Well, I saw the other day the woman who's 100 years old who who set the record as a as a runner.
6: I, I saw that in the paper. Yeah, it was great. That's
0: true. Are you a surfer? You're not.
6: Well, actually, uh, yes. Are? Um, in my heart. I oh, have, stop. No, I'm serious. I learned in high school, but I didn't learn here. I learned in Long Island, New York. That's the draw I learned. Uh, Long Beach. Fire Island uh, just off Fire Island Gilgo Beach
0: I know Gilgo that's what that's the best waves
6: yes the be- they were for me because no, no, that's
0: where the break is well
6: I needed them small <laughs> and then we I moved out here to Huntington Beach and in the um when I was late high school we surfed at the bluffs further down and we did it for a little while but um those were those were the days now how long have you been out here now I live uh, lived here at 43 years
0: so you've seen all the changes?
6: Lots, yes, many.
0: Now where we are right now, the Paseo, which just recently opened, Yes. what was this before?
6: Well, I, it was an old grinder inn, uh, with kind of a coffee shop, hamburger right. joint. Um, a Sheridan motor inn that you could drive up, you know. And and now you're a, dating a, yourself. I, I am. Yeah. am. Uh, there was a, well, the, part of the mobile home park is still behind us, but it's on the, the other neck behind the other hotel and a small golf course.
0: And that's now become this? Yes
6: and it is outstanding. Look at this view, unbelievable. I love it,
0: yeah. From every room. I know, and how has the pier changed, or has it?
6: Um, You know what I think has happened with the pier myself? Um, Being a longtime resident, the pier is iconic. It is sort of the center of our community. We are so blessed. We have 10 miles of uninterrupted coastline. Nobody has that in Orange County, and with that said, where what a great place to meet the Huntington Beach Pier. It's we get to watch the surfers, the dolphins, and recently some of sharks visiting.
2: I
0: heard yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now when the start when the sharks start surfing, that's going to change your branding. You know that. Yes. Okay. What would we call that? Sharks.
6: Sharking. Sh- yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> Sharping. S- sharking. All right. <laughs> or surfing. There you go. I'll get it sooner or later. But the pier has been around since when?
6: Oh gosh. I'm on a stump. I think it's been
0: what? 50 60 years at yes, least.
6: At least 40 maybe. 40 45.
0: Wow. We're we're getting help from the yeah, audience. Yeah, getting
6: here. help from the audience. I've just forgotten cuz it was built in the 30s or the 40s, wasn't it? Oh, 1904. Okay. I, oh, you I You know what?
0: You're not going to the showcase show now. I'm not. I guess not. No, I blew it. Sorry.
6: Okay, 1904, but it's it had a couple of you know, because of the storms. Right, and there was a horrible one in the late '80s, and then the city and the community came together and collected lots of money and raised money and rebuilt it. And now we have uh, uh, not only the the Great Pier, but we have Rubies at the end of the at the end of the pier that brings people out. And you know, there's nothing more fun than you know coming down to Huntington Beach, coming down to the beach, walking along the pier, seeing the sun go down, watching the surfers.
8: There you go. Keep that going this is flight
1: 372 on SWA the flight attendants on board serving you today Teresa in the middle, David in the back my name is David and I'm here to tell you that shortly after takeoff first things first there's soft drinks and coffee to quench your thirst but if you want another
8: kind of drink then just holler alcoholic beverages will be $4 if a monster energy
1: drink is your plan that will be $3 and you get the whole can
8: we won't
0: take your care earlier in the show I was talking about when I first came to Huntington Beach, the the food sucked. It was, you know, deep-fried and that was about it, you know. Maybe chicken fingers for the kids and everything else was deep-fried again.
10: Exactly.
0: Right? I'm talking to Carson Long and Charlie Bowman who the co-owners and operators of something called Fuel Juice.
10: Yeah. That's what correct. the
0: hell is Fuel Juice?
10: Fuel Juice is a zero-waste beverage company we started it up out of Huntington Beach
0: about uh, sustainability in terms of travel, too.
10: That's correct. That's correct.
0: So tell me what that means. What is a zero what does that
7: mean?
10: Basically, how Our operation works is when our customers order their products on our website, we're able to drop off their juices and uh, their plant based beverage options, and they're all bottled in glass bottles. So when they're finished, we're able to they return, yes, exactly, just like a model. No plastic, no plastic, zero waste. Wow, exactly. Wow, and you know, people don't realize that you know, every time you see a plastic bottle, and, and in
0: all due respect, we're sitting here at a table right now with a lot of plastic bottles, right? Exactly, that plastic leaches right it, it,
2: it, it non biodegradable so it's always going to be here no matter how long it's going to be it's going to be here much longer than we will be here
10: exactly well see so, so basically you say it's a plant-based product exactly all of our products are plant-based meaning they're all created from plants things that grow from the ground all right. And right did you start this what was the idea for this um, our idea of this was to tie into sustainability and kind of bring an option into Huntington Beach, a healthy beverage option that just kind of takes um, into consideration the environment and the effects of single-use plastics um, on the oceans and on our bodies as well.
0: Right. So you guys were drinking beer one day and said, <laughs> <laughs>
10: exactly.
0: "Aha, exactly." You were, weren't you?
10: Yeah, possibly. Yeah.
0: There was some beer involved. <laughs> there was beer involved <laughs> in glass bottles. Yeah. In glass bottles beer always. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, give me what flavors are we talking about?
10: Uh, we have things um, from almond milks. Um, we our flavors go from Arlene Green, which is apple, cucumber, kale, spinach, parsley, and lime. Um, we I, have things. Uh, wait, wait, can
0: I just order an apple?
10: Can yes, I, you can. We have apple juice, orange juice. Um, we have. We work with a lot of cancer patients, and we're able to customize those juices to fit their needs. Um, very they can cool. cancel out the glucose that some people aren't able to
0: consume. So the sugars are just natural
10: sugars. Yes, all of unfiltered. Unfiltered. There's no additives. There's no preservatives. There's no um, pasteurization involved. So the sh- the shelf life is pretty short. I was but about to ask
0: that question. Yeah.
10: Exactly. It's a hundred percent raw and orga- non pasteurized. Um, so we add no heat to it. So for example, if I order and you order online from you guys. Yes. So I order an apple juice online from you guys. How do I get it? Uh, we deliver it straight to your doorstep. In the local downtown community, we actually deliver via electric bicycle just to kind of reduce our carbon emissions and also to support a local company, Pedego Electric Bicycles. Wow. Yeah. Very cool. But if I live in New York, I'm out of luck. We actually just started our uh, nationwide shipping that you're able to, we're able to ship nationwide now. So, really? Yeah, we just launched that about a couple weeks ago. Okay, what kind of apples are you using the apple juice? i got to ask. Uh, we use Granny Smith. Why? Um... We just, that's from research. That's what we've come with. You did across. Granny
2: Smith research.
10: Yes, exactly. But what color is the apple juice?
2: It's um, Is it kind of brown? Yeah, it has, it has a brownish tint. Right,
0: because the apple juice that we see, of course, in the store is basically, you know, just clear. Yeah, I mean, exactly. This,
2: it's, People don't really understand the difference between the you buy at the store. And that's all from concentrate. Exactly. 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 Right? Yes.
0: I mean, and, and you know, the labeling, this gets me angry. The labeling on the juices when you go to the supermarket, it, it's intentionally confusing.
10: Oh, definitely, by yeah. far. Right. It says pure, natural, organic, and then it says from concentrate. Exactly. Excuse me. You can't have it both ways. Exactly. It's pure sugar. And actually, on our labels, by law, we're required to say that this may be a health or it could be a hazardous um, product to your body because it's unpasteurized. So we're not going through the, the government regulations. and. So you adding, have to keep it refrigerated all the all times. It's definitely highly perishable.
0: So when you deliver it to me on the electric bike, it's already cold.
10: Yes, it stays cold. We use our reusable insulated tote bags, um, so we're also able to reuse as well. Wow. use the bags as well.
0: Okay, what's the most unusual flavor you have? Mm.
10: The most unusual flavor that we have would probably be our Zenergy, which is watermelon, apple, cucumber, and mint. It's actually our seasonal summer blend. Um, Many people get kind of confused on the mint but it's yeah uh, you didn't say it the right way it's like our seasonal summer blend yeah that's it yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's good it's good it's one of our most popular but it definitely See, you know I,
0: I, I i'm all in for i'm all in on the apple kale i'll have to call you back
10: yeah kale it's people do get uh, kind of confused on that i'm not confused
0: i'm gonna call you back i'm not gonna do kale
10: yeah I, I, most people don't it's, it's, <laughs> it's something hard to get used to for sure we're talking with carson long and charlie bowman how long have you been doing this i've oh, been uh, doing this about a year now so it's it's pretty brand new. I yeah, mean, definitely. It's it's new. We started this. We're actually students at Orange Coast College and we started about a year ago. Um we came across the idea we were taking a class on oceanography and just learning about the drastic effects of plastic both on the oceans and also How about our bodies. The,
0: the we know about the plastic sea out there?
10: Yeah, it's unbelievable. The, the gyros, right? Yeah, exactly, the North Pacific garbage patch. Oh my And you know, people don't think it's real. It's real. It's real. It's tiny uh mar- tiny uh, micro particles of plastic that are just floating out in the about twice the size of Texas, out off the east coast of Asia. Can the, we ever fix that? Uh, not Part in our no, lifetime. No, we can't. No, I know. Are the surfers drinking your stuff? Yes, it's that's definitely a big um, portion of our market. Is so the breakfast surfing. of champions. Yep, exactly. I'm just double checking.
3: Hello and welcome to Alaska Flight 438. We'd
6: like to tell you now about some important safety features of this aircraft. The most important safety feature we have aboard this plane is the flight attendants. Please look at one now. But
1: I would walk 500 miles And I would walk 500 more it's the beat of man who Walks a thousand miles To fall down at your
2: door
0: My next guest, I can say legend. In fact, I just did. He's laughing, <laughs> but I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, he was a, a major surfer in Australia, became world champion in 1976, then did the unthinkable thing. He moved in 1979
8: where? To Huntington Beach, Why? Surf City. Why? A uh, girl. It's always a girl, right? Okay. <laughs> it, he, goes he, with the, it goes with song. two girls for every boy. That's right.
0: <laughs> P.T. Townsend is the name. Uh, but, you know, I've, I've done some surfing in Australia. Um, they
8: have Surf City there too, right? You know. Well, Manly we call Surf City in Australia, okay, which is where, to, Duke, where Duke Kanamoku first came down and showed us how to do it.
0: I hate Manly. I'll tell you
8: why. <laughs> you know why I
0: hate Manly? Because in, I'm, I'm dating myself. In 1975, uh, I, went to, I went over the, you know, the harbor bridge, went to Manly. I got the worst sunburn of my life. It was so bad that I slept for the, for the next two nights in the bathtub in my hotel.
8: Well, I don't like Manly either, even though the town ends are originally from Manly because yeah. of their football team, because I'm a oh, Cronulla Sharks fan. Well, excuse me. <laughs> but the point is, there's great surf out there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Really good surf. That's where Duke came yeah. uh, for a swimming carnival originally, saw how good the waves were, and uh, made himself a surfboard and went surfing at Freshwater in, what, 1914?
0: Wow. Unreal. Unreal. And then you moved here in, what? Thirty. I almost, first almost forty years. Yeah, now. I
8: first came to California on the Australian national surfing team in '72 in San Diego, and then uh, came back after that to compete in Hawaii. And that's where I met my wife to be. And that's how. See, what, that's
0: where my uncle met his wife.
8: Right, exactly. And, so, and he was a surfer, too. So I came back here to do the movie Big Wednesday with Jan Michael Vincent and William Catt and that. I remember that movie. And I picked her up in Hawaii on the way. We were going to El Salvador <laughs> to shoot it. And uh, I never went back. <laughs> Unreal. Unreal. And you're still coaching. I'm still coaching. I've actually been coaching the national team of uh, the USA for quite some time on different occasions. I coached in the 80s and then again recently, and, uh, and I'm coaching the current, the first ever actually, Chinese national surfing team.
0: That must be interesting.
8: It's very interesting because most people go to China on the, on the manufacturing side, but I'm on the diplomatic side, and, and because it looks like surfing's going to be in the Olympics, All of a sudden, the Chinese government has an interest in surfing. Well, let's talk about that. When might it be in the Olympics? Well, it looks like for sure because the IOC Executive Committee voted for it to be in Tokyo in 2020, and it goes before the entire delegation after Rio. So uh, it's looking like it's going to happen, and so they'll be surfing for the first time in Japan in 2020. Well, thank God they're not going to be surfing in Rio because the condition of the water there not fun. I've been there many times to surf. Yeah, uh, you know, there's some. Pretty, Come on, you know I'm right. There's some pretty filthy water. It is, but there's some pretty nice places too if you get out of Rio and into some of the other places. Well, if
0: you yeah. If you go down maybe to Fortaleza, yeah, right? You know, right?
8: But well, and Flor- then, and then way down in the south too in Florino- Florianopolis. Florianopolis yeah. Oh my god.
0: Florianopolis is a hidden gem. Absolutely. Unbl- it's only about a 2-hour flight south of Rio.
8: Yep. Yep. It's unreal. Yeah, it's a totally different side of Brazil.
0: Well, you came here nearly 40 years ago. Has Huntington Beach changed?
8: Well, the one thing that hasn't changed is the pier. I mean, that's the focal point of Salt right. City and and uh, and it's because of the pier that we have such uh, great, consistent surf. I mean, there's always a wave. That's one of the great things about Huntington Beach. There's always a wave to go surfing. And, and as you probably heard, you know, there's a surf class there every morning. And, and, and you know, you've got 90 kids from Huntington Beach High School, you know, trying to get an A in surfing. <laughs> <laughs> Something tells you all 90 get an A. Uh, you pretty much just have to show up. That's yeah. how it goes. If you don't show up, you don't get an A. No,
0: that's what Dean was telling me earlier in <laughs> the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but what's changed in terms of the number of people surfing, or the kind of people who are now attracted to surfing?
8: Well, this used to be like a real sleepy kind of surf town. In that, if you go back in the late '60s and '70s, with a bunch of surf shots and wet, surf shops and wetsuits, and and it has changed in that respect. But you have the what I call the Times Square of surfing, right there at the corner of PCH. And the pier, you have the two possibly biggest surf shops in the world, Jack's on one corner and Huntington Surf and Sport on listen, the other. I,
0: I don't go into Jackson work because I end up spending too much money.
8: <laughs> I do. And, uh, you know, there's probably more surf retail down on that corner than anywhere in the world. And there's the Walk of Fame. And the Walk of Fame. We've been doing now the Walk of Fame for, what, 23 years. So now there's over 150 stones, uh, granite stones on the sidewalk. And we do, an and I'm a- proud
0: to say one of them is my uncle.
8: That's right, Dave Rockland. Dave Rockland, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, amazing. Small world, mate. Right. <laughs> I, well,
0: you, you told me off air that you're you're coaching my cousin. That's Pua. right.
8: I coached Poor in the in 1981 NSSA national team. Amazing. And now he's running the business. He's now running the whole thing, he, and he's doing a great
0: job. Yes, he yeah. is. I mean, I'm not going to plug Jams World, although it's a really <laughs> great company.
8: <laughs> well, I still wear that stuff. Pua sends me a little care package every now and again. You know,
0: my mother came back from Hawaii because my mother was David's sister and came back from Hawaii in 1964 and bought me a Jams jacket. And I was well, tall for my age then. You know what? you still have it? I still have it. <laughs>
3: If you are sitting next to a small child or someone who is acting like a small child, please do us all a favor and put on your mask first.
0: Peter Gimmer here with you from the Paseo Hotel and Spa here in Huntington Beach, talking to Peachy Townsend, legendary surfer, idol, icon. Shall I stop there?
8: (laughs) You're you're building me up there, mate. Well, it's actually, what's really interesting is the 40th anniversary this year of the birth of pro surfing as we know it today. What you see on TV today and surfers making millions of dollars is started 40 years ago when they weren't making millions of dollars I was getting free trunks that's about it that was it is that true a <laughs> uh, free surfboard's free trunks and my winnings for the entire year of 1976 were twenty six thousand five hundred dollars and now they but, get but that, that was a lot of money then though that was a fair bit of money but now now the first prize is a hundred thousand just for one event <laughs> Wow
0: now I go back of course to 1964 in the Bruce Brown movie you know endless summer mm-hmm You've been in about two dozen movies.
8: I've been in my share of surf movies through the years, and of course, I've got to know Bruce Brown. And of course, one of the stars of, of The Endless Summer is right here in Huntington Beach, Robert August, of course. And, uh, you know, he's been here from the very beginning, and, and uh, so he's one of our cultural icons of Huntington Beach, of Surf City.
0: Amazing. Has the surfing changed?
8: Well, yeah, the surfing's changed dramatically. The boards, you know, went from when it started here. Well, I, remember,
0: I have one of those boards. I yeah, still have the,
8: the 140-pounder wooden boards. Oh, yeah, and, and then we went to fiberglass, and then the long board went to short board, and then the biggest change actually really started here is Simon Anderson came here in 1981 to compete in the Caton with a three-fin surfboard. That's,
0: I was just about to ask you that. That's legal.
8: Yeah, and so at that point, it was single fins and twin fins, and he figured that if I put another fin on, I could have more control because he didn't like twin fins. And he, at January 1981, he paddled out here, and everyone thought he was crazy. By the end of that year, he had won two of the biggest tournaments in the world, and from then on, we've all ridden the thrusters. What's the most difficult surfing maneuver? Well, now the kids are doing aerials. They're doing flips like gymnasts. I mean, this one kid from Brazil... Got- and, and, then, and by the way, their feet are not fastened on the board. No. They have very sticky wax, though, I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like football, a lot of stick em, right? <laughs> but, they sh- but that's legal. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and uh, this one kid from Brazil, Gabriel Medina, who just won the- uh, I watched uh, it on the air. Yeah, uh, he won a world championship two years ago, first Brazilian to ever be world champion. Uh, he just, in competition a couple of days, did, did a frontside flip, like frontside, like a gymnast. And and made it and happen? And made it, kept riding, like, like it was nothing. Have you ever done one of those? I only get air by accident. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Aerials weren't part of our game. I mean, No, it, never. No, It was just doing the cuts. Well, in school, you drew it on your, on your school book, but it didn't actually happen in the water.
0: <laughs> right. Well, you couldn't make it happen with the size of the boards then.
8: Boards didn't go fast enough. You know, now the, the boards are so oh. finely tuned, and they have a lot of concave in the bottom of the boards now that make them go faster. And, that's where, and they're able to get in the air quicker, and that's why they can do what they're doing amazing and there's and the seniors are surfing right oh yeah we still have i still compete in seniors competitions you know i'm in my 60s now and we have what's called the uh the duke division <laughs> for the the super seniors it's called, super seniors. Are, you, are you a super senior now? i'm a super senior yeah like <laughs> and, and and what's your ranking uh i don't compete all the time but come you, on what's your you, ranking no, i'm not ranked that high you know like I, I, it's funny you know you you start to regress at some point and uh and my my one of my great friends Michael Ho the great Hawaiian champion you know like he he and I both agree that we're not as good as we used to be and the guys all claim they're better than we we are now and we go yeah but you didn't win it when it counted <laughs> that's what he says and and uh, but it's more about when you get to this point just paddling out and catching the wave and staying up and staying well getting to your feet it's all about getting to your feet with at this Well that's point. about anything right not just surfing right and so as I say, if you get to your feet, I can be dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> but no aerials. No aerials, not even a thought. <laughs>
0: when people come to Huntington Beach for the first time, people come to visit you, what's the biggest surprise for them?
8: Uh, I, I just think the, uh, the pier itself. I mean, if you, if you aren't from America, particularly if you're a visitor, like when I first came to Huntington Beach, and I had to su- I'd never surfed near a pier in my life. And, and, That's a whole different idea. Well, yeah, I mean, you you just at it was first a little it, scary. No, it it freaks you out at first, and then eventually you get brave enough you sh- shoot the pier. That was always the big thing in the 60s. oh, you mean under it? Yeah, you go through the pylons and come out the other side. You know. And, and so did, when you ref- ever, did
0: you ever hit the pylon?
8: Oh, yeah, a broken board's hitting the pylon. <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 you haven't christened Huntington Beach till you broke your board on the pylons. <laughs> you're not doing that now, though. No, I don't shoot the pier anymore. The reflexes aren't quick enough anymore, Peter. You know how that gets. Right. You know? <laughs> you're just trying to carry the board. I'm just trying to stay up and make it to the beach and not wipe out. Wow, P.T. Townsend, well, I don't think you're
0: ever going to wipe out. What a great legend. What a champion. I wish that I could
6: fly. The charge for looking at this pamphlet is $3. The charge for looking at this pamphlet and putting it back quickly is
4: $4.
0: My next guest knows all about sea legs because she founded something called the Sea Legs Wine Bar and the, and the Sea Salt Wood Fire Grill. I have to say, Alicia Whitney, thank you for coming. 25 years ago, the food wasn't very good in Huntington Beach. The definition of sauteed was deep fried.
3: That's very true. You're right? Yep. That but, was not even 25 years ago. Maybe more like five. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what changed?
3: Um, well, you know, as we're growing in this community to really becoming a destination, I think that it is starting to bring some really world-class restaurants here. And we have been spearheading a movement to really build Huntington Beach as a dining destination and a culinary-driven uh, destination. Can
0: I give you an idea of what the food is like? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the menu. You ready? Mahi-mahi, okay. mahi-mahi, coconut shrimp. Thanks for coming.
3: That sounds like Aloha Grill.
0: Um, I could, I'm not going to mention it, but, <laughs> but that's what it was, right?
3: Yeah, absolutely. And today? Well, you know, we have a lot of really great restaurants that have come into the area. I mean, we have uh, six restaurants here in Huntington Beach, but with all the development of Pacific City and the new... Downtown Huntington Beach. We've got a lot and of. And where we are right now. I mean,. And a Pasea Hotel. Uh, yeah. I mean, we've got some really world class restaurants that are on par with our sister cities in San Diego and LA right now.
0: So it's not just local traffic. People are coming here to just to go out to dinner.
3: Oh, absolutely. I think we are driving traffic right now from all of Orange County, um, the inland, LA. Yeah, absolutely. We're bringing people here to eat and dine and have fun in Huntington Beach. And a
0: few sommeliers showing up, too.
3: Yeah, we do have a few sommeliers showing up. And we have a lot of wine lovers in this town, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, it's it's called uh, SUI, Surfing Under the Influence.
3: <laughs> That's a good one.
0: You like that? Yeah. <laughs> you like that one? That, that was a good one. one. I'm gonna have
3: to name a cocktail after that.
0: <laughs> you know, it's funny. We were doing a show, uh, a television show in Savannah, Georgia, and we went to one of these bars, and right there on the on the on the on the Intracoastal, and the guy had a glass the size of a small pail, you know, and he's pouring everything into this drink, and I'm watching this. It took him like ten minutes to make the drink, and it was like huge. And I thought, does this drink have a name? He said, "Yeah, call a cab."
3: Oh, that's a good name too. Oh, you like good that? One. Call yeah. a cab. <laughs> well, you give me some good, uh, some good tips. Okay, here. so tell
0: me what's different in the food options now.
3: Well, I think you're getting uh, a lot of chef-driven restaurants here in Huntington now. You're getting things that are coming, uh, you know, from other areas to Huntington Beach. We're having definitely some fresh from scratch and um, recipes that are here. We've got the new Ola Ola and the Ways and Means and, and St. Mark that are coming up with some really unique concepts. Um, and, and you're seeing a lot of really just chef-driven menus and um, really unique cocktail bars.
0: All right, so let's talk about your place, the the Sea Salt Wood Fire Grill, right? Okay. Absolutely. I always ask this question every time I interview somebody who's in the restaurant business, and I want an honest answer, okay? Okay. Give me an item that you thought that was going to be the biggest selling item on your menu, and it tanked, and then give me an item that you thought, who's going to order this, and everybody wants it?
3: Mm, that's a. those are some good, that's a good question. Um, let's see here. I mean, since
0: you're evolving in the food business here, come on, you know.
3: Yeah, well, Sea Salt has been open for about five weeks. So on the Sea Salt menu, you know, we have a, a smoked albacore banh mi that is, I think is probably one of the best sandwiches. Explain what
0: that is, a banh
3: mi. Uh, it's a Vietnamese sandwich. It's a, traditionally on- It's like like a, a fl- roll? Yeah, it's on a French baguette yeah. with shaved carrots and onions and cilantro. Um, and so we did a, a version with spoke, smoked albacore and, well, um, smoked
0: albacore, I'm already in. Yeah. You got to love that.
3: And I got to tell you, it, I think it's one of the best sandwiches that I've ever had. But I feel like on the sea salt menu, they've got a lot of options and everybody's kind of headed to red meat on that menu. And so it's not one of our top sellers, but I think it's like a secret item. So Wait a
0: second. You got a, you got a restaurant called the, the Sea Salt Wood Fire Grill and people are going for meat?
3: Oh, absolutely. So Sea Salt is a play on a Santa Maria barbecue steakhouse. Ah. And so this is all about Santa Maria Um a culinary experience that's brought to Huntington Beach. So we tried to kind of fusion it with what you would find in Huntington, hence the smoked albacore and some of the seafood items. But I think people are going there for that barbecue aspect. All right.
0: So, what's the one item you put on the menu that you thought nobody's going to order and everybody is?
3: <laughs> well, okay. So, just a tri tip, to be honest with you. We played with a tri tip for. That sounds months. like that
0: sounds like a felony.
3: Yeah, yeah, right. We did. We played with a tri tip for months, and we kept. I said it t- sounds like a felony. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. We um we put a, a, a wood fire grill in my backyard, and all of my culinary team once a week sat and and created the menu, and every week we were really close to making it taste like Santa Maria, but it was just something wasn't quite exactly what it was when we got there uh, our latest trip to Santa Maria we actually met a pit master at uh, Shaw's in Santa Maria and he ended up taking a job and moving here and now that tri-tip which we were playing with and it, it wasn't right once we got the right producer that pit master to make that tri-tip it's got to be the best thing on the menu it is better than a filet I think I mean it's just buttery and it melts in your mouth and it's not like any tri-tip I've had so that's one item that I completely so you had
0: to import the master
3: Yes, and we imported the out. So we brought Santa Maria to Huntington Beach instead of us trying to be Santa Maria.
0: Okay. And now it's here. Now it's here. And Alicia it's Whitney, the CEO and founder of Sea Legs Wine Bar, the Sea Salt Woodfire Grill. Count me in for the for the barbecued uh, the smoked the smoked albacore, right? Absolutely. That's the one that I want.
3: Oh it's really good. Yeah.
4: You've been listening to Peter Greenberg Worldwide. Catch us each week as we broadcast from a new location somewhere around the world.
0: If you like Ion Travel with Peter Greenberg, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com survey. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers.
1: AutoTrader. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings early and ad-free on Wondery+.